Awareness is the greatest agent for change. That is a quote by Eckhart Tolle. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com, is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 92. The topic of this week's episode is, do you want to go from an awareless to awareness leader? My guest this week is Noah Ronan. Noah is a speaker, coach, author, vlogger, disruptor, and coffee lover who brings more than 20 years of experience in change management, human resources, project management, and coaching. Noah encourages progressive leaders and social leaders to never settle on the norms so that they can create the change they desire. Welcome, Noah, to Trina Talk. How are you? I am feeling wonderful. Even though we are still in the COVID-19, we just talked about it, about how much we both enjoy this time in our life. Uh, so yeah, everything is good and having a conversation with you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to um, speak with you. But yeah, as you were referring before we actually went live, we were having mm-hmm. a little conversation. Chat. And yeah, <laughs> and I think, you know, we definitely have a connection going on. So I, I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying it. Um, but let's get started. You are an executive and leadership coach. You're a speaker yeah. and an author. Mm-hmm. But before you became the Noah that you are today, mm-hmm. tell the listeners how you came to be. Where What's your background? Where do you come from? And what made you be who you are today? Yeah, so people probably can notice a bit of an accent and they ask themselves, where is she from? So I'm originally from Israel. 15 years ago, my husband and I moved with two little kids from Israel, started in New York City uh, for a job opportunity for my husband. He's in the tech space. And um, seven years ago, we moved to North Carolina. So I am now I'm in North Carolina. The two little kids are now, now as I call them, vicious teenagers, and I have another one. And um, before the move in Israel, um, I was in the uh, Navy. Um, you know, in Israel, we have to, to go to join the army for two or three years. So I was in the Navy. I was in the training space. So actually, I was somewhat of a leadership coach before I even knew I was, but I learned training in the army and it was a wonderful time in my life. And that kind of like took me on my path. So I was in training and development and then human resources and change management consultant, uh, consulting, um, kind of like got into an executive role in Israel. And then with the move, everything shifted for me. Um, 
I thought that things will be, you know, easier with MBA, executive experience, but bringing that MBA from Israel and bringing my executive from Israel made my life not as easy as I thought. And for the first time, um, the get it done, doer, Noah was not able to bring results, or at least from my perspective, they were not meaningful results. And I had a lot of failures in, I, I think, in the first five years. You know, we moved for a relocation for two, three years adventure, but the year passed by and you decide to stay and give it, uh, you know, a longer trial and see how it's going to go. And and I was really lost. I loved living in New York City, but I was a lost soul. And I remember um, we decided to have a third child. Uh, we lived in Brooklyn, so his middle name is Brooklyn. And um, I remember pushing his stroller, trying to figure out who is the person I want to be. And for a long time, I wanted to stay who I was in Israel. I I fought everything and everyone, especially myself, <laughs> and made everyone, including myself, miserable. And um, it got into a place where I, I tried to take a, a certification exam in human resources to kind of like bring myself back, and I failed the second time. It was the second exam I took. It's a four hours exam, and I was seven points from passing it. And it was a six, years pro- a six months process to, to pass it, you know, study for it. And I remember leaving that building after the second fail, um, not passing the exam, and kind of like getting into the lowest moment um, of many that I had during that time. And just realizing that it's time for me to stop fighting my past and creating myself a new future and, um, and letting go of the past. That was the moment where I said, okay, I remember calling my husband and saying, that's it. I am done bumping my head into the wall. And um, I, I, I don't know, you know, it's not like I can say things connected, but those, things, those are things that happened in the same time, in a way, t- same time frame. I, I just felt like I needed to do something creative and um, decided to start a blog. Um, now, some people are, you know, the same way I was uh, seeing the fear showing up in so many areas that I never experienced before. For me, starting a blog was like 10 minutes process. I just like, wham, bam, I started writing. It was kind of like a burst. And I started blogging about being an Israeli mom in New York City and my perspectives and my adventures with my little one. And that's, you know, then blogging was like the podcasting today and just the connection that started happening with people. You know, people start reaching out and asking questions and comments about my, the things I was right, I, I wrote. And, and then women ask me to coach them. And that's when things changed for me. Um, I was so lost. And they saw something in me before I was able to see that in myself. So I decided to go check it out and get hooked. And that's what I do in the last 10 years. I coach people 
And truly the essence um, is to help them believe in themselves because I couldn't believe in myself. So the essence of what I do is how can I help people believe in themselves again and create the results their way rather than the way that everyone tells them they need to do the results. And what was interesting is that the same way with the coaching, when I started coaching and, you know, finding myself on my path, um, then people said, um, you know, you're really inspiring. We would love to hear you speaking. And um, one of my biggest obstacles where the fear showed up was about English being my second language. And... And I remember them saying that, and I said, come on, English is my second language. I can't speak on stage. And, and they said, no, you're really funny. You're really interesting. We would love to hear you speaking. So I stepped into that and started speaking in conferences and events. And then people asked, where is the book? So a few months ago, when the COVID-19 started, the lockdown started, my book was published so now I have a book about leadership and a lot of the book is really um, how you move from that self-leadership to what I call beyond leadership. So that's, that's how I got to where I am today. <laughs> a snippet of 15 years in my life that shifted who I am and, and how I see things um, differently since the relocation experience. Wow. Such an inspiring story. Um, and I'm so glad that you're telling your story because many people, as we, we discussed before going live, it, they encounter things and they don't know how to handle it or they don't have someone to talk to. So when when you can actually hear a real person saying, these are my struggles, this is what mm -hmm. I have been through. Yeah, it inspires you to say, OK, and, and it, we know that they are not going to be the identical thing, but you just gain that inspiration because a lot of people and I think especially in this day and age that we're in now where you have the Instagram and things like that, where people put on the, you know, this is my best mm. life photo. You know, <laughs> you, know you, you never see the bad days, right? You never see right. the bad days. You they don't they don't show you the days that they're crying and whatever. And I think more people need to be honest about that. So I'm very happy that you're saying this and you're speaking out saying, okay, you know, I had some tough times. You came from another country, you came here and there was a period of adjusting because like you said, you were expecting all of your skill sets and your profession from Israel to transfer over and not be a problem here. But then you encountered some things. And so it just made me think about when you said, you know, you started beating yourself up for not showing up the way you knew you used to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned English as my second language. What I didn't mention is that speaking was my forte in Israel. Uh, I was that person that I, since I was a little girl, I remember in the playground, you know, or, you know, being five or six, six, and I knew that the moment I opened my mouth, I can inspire a group of people, that I'm a leader. 
and I and I could see myself the same way when I was in the army and when I was a young, I was 24 as a change change management consultant. And I sat with CEOs of big companies and I would open my mouth and and not, not that always people agreed with me, but there was that what I call that magical silence, people listening to my ideas, and mostly they would follow me. And after the move, there was this new quiet, right? Mm-hmm. That, that I felt like people don't understand me. And it's not like we're not using English in Israel, but it's a different way of using the English that I was never used of using and there was that voice in me saying no matter if I went to interviews or whatever I tried to do that was telling me no one will take you with your lousy English and that's where you know what I talk in my book I say that there are two different energies there is the doing energy and there is a being energy in us and the being energy are our thoughts and our emotions and when they are positive, they can take you to the sky. That's, I believe that Noah, that was in Israel, like it wasn't like I was, uh, that I was always successful, but there was that internal voice that was telling me, okay, you can't take it the short way. You will get there. You mm-hmm. will be able to get there. But after the move, suddenly there was this new voice of, you can't do it. You just can't. Lousy English. You lost it. You have no other way. You're done. And, and with that being energy, when we don't understand that it's inside us and it, it um, triggers the emotions and the thoughts, they really make us stuck. So mm. I would take the same actions because we learned from a very early age that doing the actions are what will make us being seen Think about it. Our parents used to tell us, be a good girl, go do your homework, be a good girl or boy, go clean up your room, right? Mm-hmm. So we learn from a very early age that actions is good. So most of us work from there because we see that the people who do are being seen at school, at work, everywhere, right? Mm. So we don't pay attention to the being energy. Now, I'm not saying that doing is bad. bad. I am a doer, but I worked without understanding the being energy and how much it got in my way. And one of those self-limiting beliefs that I worked with that, that you mentioned is that, okay, one day that fear will disappear and I will be able to do that. So I will wait. And with that self-limiting belief, you don't get anywhere, right? Because the the fear doesn't go away. And now when I think about it, talking to you is that maybe those people who called on me and say, can you coach me? And then can can we hear you speaking? And then we want to read your book. They lower down that volume of you need to wait for the fear to disappear and, and bringing up a different voice and volume of a voice that was saying you can. You can just do it slowly. Do it with the fear. Keep going with the fear. And that's what I learned. The affirmation of fears. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Uh, but from a new space of keep going because you can do that because people believe in you and, and you can believe in yourself and not from keep going, but no one will hire you. No one will take you. Mm. And those are two different 
energies. So I believe that being energy is a huge force. It can take us to the sky, but it can stop us or make other people stop us if we don't pay attention. That's in the leadership spectrum or when you work with executives. Mm. So good. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Doing and being. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's just, it makes such great sense. Tell me, because you talked about just, you know, moving to the States, um, having a family and just one thing after the other, basically you were saying, okay, feeling inadequate, feeling like Mm -hmm. this is not the person who I I know I I am. Mm -hmm. What did you do in between before you finally hit that breaking point where you said, okay, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Have you done anything in between there to um, like personal development to try to help yourself out? Or did you, because a lot of times we don't even know that we're in a space that we don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? Um, Did you take any kind of action? Just tell tell me about it. (laughs) So this is, you know, my book is being, um, um, there are three main um, um, kind of like areas to the book. The first one is awareness. That's exactly what you're talking about when we don't know what we don't know. And that's probably where I, where I was in that space that the awareness is when you just don't know that something is happening. You just know that you're off. And sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even know that you're off. Mm-hmm. And then there is the awareness, which is the messiness mm-hmm. that you're trying to get to the other side. And then there is the awareness part of the book where, where we, we understand what doesn't work. And we can talk about it more because there is illusion to awareness. Um, but I believe that I took actions um, that didn't bring results. Um, mm-hmm. I just did what I knew. And that many times where we get stuck. I just took on the actions that I used to take in the past, but it wasn't enough anymore because before there was that voice that was telling me, right, you, you, can, you can figure it out. But now there was a new voice that I never um, encountered before, which was, you can't, you cannot. Nothing will help you move to the other side. And with that self-limiting voice, no matter what you're trying to do, which I didn't realize there, so you just act but it, it's like in circles. You just don't get anywhere. Mm. And um, for me, I, I believe that the blogging was the first time that I took a different action. Rather than trying to save myself, because I didn't still know about, you know, the self-development or stuff like that. And I think I was also resistant uh, to a lot of that because I was bitter um, and, and a victim, you know. Um, so there was, there was all that very messy space I was in that I just took the same actions that brought no results. But there are some times in our life that I believe it happens with leadership. It happens with change. Um, that when you take on a new action that you never took before, that, um, is different then you are able to see new results. I think there is that Einstein quote. I don't. I can't say it right now. But the same, the same actions will not it will will bring you the same results in mm-hmm. a way. So you get nowhere. Um, and and I believe that the blogging was the first time I kind of like said I'm letting go. 
I'm letting go of doing what I did before and I'm trying something else. And that something else is, you know, I, I couldn't put the words there. I might be able to say right now, I surrender. I surrender mm-hmm. to, to stop taking actions that take no results and I'm trying something different. And part of the surrender is just see what's going to show up on my path. Wow. And I believe that that blogging was that emotional process, you know, emotional outlet that I didn't pay attention to. And that's why the being is a force because I didn't pay attention. I was on the doing, ignoring what I was feeling, ignoring what I was thinking. And it was the first time I allowed the being energy in me to to be seen. I was writing what I was thinking. I was, um, I was processing my emotions. And that's why people liked my blog so much because it was really about my experience and what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. And it was real. It wasn't polished. Um, and I believe that's where the connection came from and then kind of like creating that shifting in my life. So was that intentional no it was very in the awareness space and maybe the aware mass already kind of like intertwine um but that's maybe why i don't believe in recipes <laughs> <laughs> you know other people that tell you take the 10 steps and you will be a different person no mm-hmm. no you there is some work you need to do about paying attention to some things in, in internally wow. to see different results yeah I mean, so the blogging was actually your therapy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize that until not so long ago. Uh, Yes. So let's, let's talk about that. So you mentioned aware less, aware Mm -hmm. mess. And I like the aware mess because like you, I had a book to come out in January and I, and I titled it from a mess to amazing. Oh, okay. (laughs) I missed that part about you. And congratulations on the book because now I understand what does it... So anyone who who published the book, I adore you. (laughs) I know how much work it is to put into that. A lot of being word, by the way, right? Work? Yes, a lot of being. But go ahead and tell us what each one of those mean (laughs) and and where we think we may fit in, whether we like it or not. Yeah, so it might be, by the way, different in different situations. You might be very aware in some areas, right? And aware less in other areas. So aware less is the the blind spots where we don't know what we don't know. And we have we all have tendencies. We all have tendencies where how we behave, how we act. And how, you know, so how, how we are doing again and being in different situations and where are our tendencies and the more stressful and distracted you are, the more you have the tendencies to go to, to those autopilots. Now, the problem is that many times we don't know what we don't know. And I call the moment when you realize that you are aware less about a specific situation or way of being is I call it the deer effect, the animal, the deer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I live now in North Carolina, but in Israel, I never encountered deer. They are in the desert. In New York City, you see rats. 
<laughs> I eat squirrels. But one morning when I took my teenagers to school, it was dark and the sunrise just started. So there was this beautiful colors ahead of me. And suddenly I hear a bam into my <laughs> not so cool minivan. And, you know, I stopped the car and, and my older son said, Mom, I think I saw something running from the other side of the road. And, and we realized it was a deer. I could see some hair on the window. Uh, we were lucky and the, probably the deer was lucky because it went back. So it came from the other side of the ro- road, bumped into my car and went, went back. So I couldn't really see it because it came from, you know, where the gas um, tank is. Mm-hmm. But that was a moment when I realized that when I drive in North Carolina, I need to open up my eyesight, not have that narrow sight driving and open it wider than even I was used to in the last too many years that I'm driving or trying to calculate and realize how old I am. So um, that was, that, that happens also in our life, that deer effect. It's that moment when your boss calls you into the, to the office, tell you, you know, Noah, come, come inside and close the door. We need to talk. Or uh, that's when a client fires you, happens. When a partner tells you if, you know, we need to have a conversation. And sometimes our body can tell us enough is enough. Mm-hmm. So that's for me that moment when you realize that you were aware less about something and there were some blind spots, you know, that you, you were not aware to. Um and, and then that's where the messy part shows up, okay? There the was that gap. Now I understand. So, so what do I do about that, right? So how come that Noah the doer is suddenly not a doer? And I was trying a lot of different things until I landed into the blogging which shifted my life. Now I can understand that, right? But then I couldn't. Um, so this is an area of experimentation. And I actually love the awareness because... I believe it's where we are lost, we are in a survival space, and we are willing to try things we were not willing to do before. Because before we were in procrastination, kind of like my story, when my fear will disappear, I will start doing things, mm-hmm. right? Or we are in perfecting until my, you know, I will have everything perfect for my podcast, I will never started so there is never a podcast happening for you um so so there are all these different things how you push them rather than trying them because it's uncomfortable because you you kind of like bring the old actions that you you were used to so you don't know how to step into new actions that you feel very uncomfortable taking but in awareness you are willing to experiment because you know in a way that it's a life or death situation. So if there are business owners right now and we're in the COVID-19, right? How many people were willing to experiment with things with their business that they were never willing before, <laughs> right? There was all that, oh, let, let's wait, let's perfect it. And suddenly it's like, no, let's run, let's make, let's pivot, let's, let's do all these things because... COVID-19 is a survival situation for so many businesses and organizations. Mm. So this is when you kind of like say, am I doing everything to survive or am I choosing death? 
And most of us will choose survival, but some will choose death, mm-hmm. right? So, so that's the awareness. That's the experimentation. And I call it the beauty of being lost because mm-hmm. in that beauty, the creativity and connections with other people happens. So the, for if, if we take the, the, the blog example, mm-hmm. it allowed me to be creative and it brought people to start connecting with me and for me connecting with other people and myself. And, and if I can give you know, a, a tangible example to that is when you are lost in the city and your GPS is not working and your Wi-Fi is not working and you can't find any map. So all the people who say, I never ask another person for directions. If you need to go somewhere, you will go to another person. And you will ask for direction because there is no other way for for you to to get out of the situation. So it's the same. What I see in that awareness space is our willingness to find creative or innovative solutions to experiment, and then um, ask for help. Um, and then it's where we figure it out, and we are aware. Oh. So this is what works for me, creativity or whatever it is that works for you to figure out what didn't work before. And that's the awareness. But there is illusion to awareness. And the illusion is that people think that when they learn something, they stay there. (laughs) But we don't. We go back. When we are stressed and distracted, we go back. So the real deal is to learn how you are when you are in that awareness space that you can bring yourself as fast as you can to awareness. Uh, so for example, I'm a control freak. Okay, so and now I know that about myself. I know it triggers other people. Um, I do everything I can, right, to be aware about that. And I did the work and I know how to show up differently with people. But when I am stressed... I definitely go back to that. <laughs> we all do. And, and the, 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 the real thing is to learn how you look like when you go back to awareness, to that the control freak, and bring myself back to awareness. And that's the, that's, that's the thing I wish people would hear more. It's okay. You went back. Just learn how you are there. And bring yourself, bring yourself back to awareness because you will always go back to awareness in some situations in your life. That's okay. It's Mm. okay. You know, and that's funny because we, yes, we have all been there, but a lot of times (laughs) we go back and then we feel like failures and we think, okay, it's over. You know, I, you know, I'm here again. This is what I've, I've done again. So there's no hope for me. Yes, yes. And that's so frustrating for me to see. And I wish more organizations and there will be more conversation about that. You know, all the training that we send leaders and executives to fix themselves and then they come back frustrated because they were not being fixed and they cannot be changed. And all the people who pay so much money for all these amazing 90 days programs (laughs) and six months and whatever, and they don't change. It's like, what's wrong with me? Nothing is wrong with you. It's just you are missing that part of understanding how you are when you are there and then learn how to make a resonate choice to bring yourself. And sometimes you will say to yourself, no, I can't go back right now. I'm too stressed. I'm too overwhelmed. I'm too angry. 
I'm too triggered and that's okay. I want to stay here for a few more minutes or days and then I will go back. But that's from a place of a choice, not from a place of autopilot. And that's a big and huge distinction that we miss because I was a victim of my autopilot for a long time, right? Mm. But now when I go to my old actions and way of being, I can call on myself and say, hey, Noah, you're that jerk again or that victim again. I always go back to victim. That's my mechanism. But I can see myself starting to have that um, victim conversation with myself and say, hey, this is what you do right now. You go back to victim because your daughter is not happy with her pancake. And how can it be? I was just a good mother. So why she's doing that to me? And, and then it's like, okay, you get into that self-talk with yourself. Are you choosing to stay a victim or are you choosing to take a big breath, take over, you know, get over it and move on? Sometimes I will need to take, you know, 10 minutes, sometimes half a day, but at least I'm aware and I'm making a choice to stay the victim. I'm not just a victim without knowing that I'm doing that on my autopilot. Mm. So good. And I love the word autopilot because, <laughs> I mean, and I, I, you know, I call it cruise control autopilot. <laughs> yeah. Because many times we do, we, we just operate and I have done it myself where, like you said, I, I go back to a certain place and then I go, oh, how, how stupid can I be? How, how, <laughs> how did I do this again? How did I end up here again? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like I'm punishing myself instead mm-hmm. of just saying, okay, I'm human. I made this mistake. I know what I did. Let me move on for, from it. Yeah. And, and when you learn that you have that self-deprecating um, conversation with yourself, you can show up differently. And, and one of the tools, when, because we all have that self-deprecation, and there is a research saying, by the way, that people who do reflection many times are less aware and more depressed. Mm. That's Natasha Urich. You can check her book or TED Talk. And and she did a research about awareness and she saw that people who reflect are less aware and more depressed because they go to the self-deprecation conversation, that internal critique, oh, I did everything wrong. How could could I have done that? And that's when I suggest to try a different vocabulary with ourselves and saying what worked and what didn't work. And I had to uh, teach myself to always start with what worked because it's very easy for me to go to the what didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, my, my autopilot. Oh, I can do that. That's very easy for me to say what I'm not doing well. I learned that very early in my life. So to challenge myself, everything, I have an accountability partner every week when I send him my, my weekly report in a way where I reflect about myself and my business, I always go to what wrong, but then mm. I delete it and I say, what worked? What went well this week? It's not about fail. It's not about success. It's not about good. It's not about bad. It's not about right. It's not about wrong. It's what worked. And when we learn to start there and teach ourselves to go against our tendency, that autopilot, 
then we can go to the what didn't work. But it's how we talk to ourselves. So then we can go and talk with other. That's why I call it beyond leadership, because when you learn to have that internal conversation with your emotions and with your thoughts, then when you are doing things, you're doing them differently. They are aligned and not go against you. And then you can do the same with other people mm. because you don't come to them and they give them, they give them feedback from what you did was a failure because that's the way you talk to yourself. You start with, let's see what worked. Wow. Right? Yes. And, you know, and we're talking about this and I just wanted to know how long did it take you to get to that point? Because that's not natural for most people to say, okay, what worked? Because we we mm-hmm. automatically default to the failures. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because growing up we were told, okay, you know, mm-hmm. strive for better. You got to do it this way or get good grades, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we always default. And, and it's funny because I'm just thinking about this. I had to tell myself this like last week I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, you know, I want my business. I want to do this, this, and this, and I haven't mm-hmm. done it, blah, 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 blah. And then something told me, well, what about all of these things that are positive? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but I've done this, this, and this, and I may not have done these other things that I want, but I've done these things. And then what does this mean? Well, for me, it meant, okay, you need to slow down and take one thing at a Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. But that's not always our normal. We always go for the failure. We, you know, you're bad. You didn't do this. You you know, Mm -hmm. we're always hard on ourselves. Why is that? I, I believe, you know, some people will go the other way. There are some people who will say, I'm awesome, right? <laughs> so so their, their autopilot is to say, I'm never doing anything wrong, right? There are some people like that. So, so we all have the autopilots and the tendencies that go on different. It's, it's, you know, the why. I'm not a therapist, but it comes from the way we were raised. Mm-hmm. You know, when I brought the 99 and my father was an officer in the army, I heard, why not 100, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? When I, when I did something, it was always, you could have done something better. And by the way, even culturally, I cannot help my kids with school stuff because in the US, everything is about what worked. Mm-hmm. But I grew up with the red pen. My exams, my work since I was in first grade there was always the red pen. In France, is the same. When you talk, talk with some cultures, you will see that the way we, we studied at school, the way the parents taught us was from, you need to do better. Mm-hmm. So that's also a cultural conversation, by the way. So there are some you know, different whys to that. It's not that simple. Of course, there is also a, a personality. You know, I have three kids, three, they are different. But yeah, there is that space. And then there is the learning of how to, I call it, change the vocabulary with yourself. And I had to learn that when I went through coaching training, I started working with a coach. And that's why, you know, the other layer of, you know, illusion of awareness, it's that we never stop learning about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Every time we think we got, and that's what you say, kind of like, oh, but but there are some things, progress, but it's like suddenly it's not that big because I can do more. That's the problem with having your own business or with leadership. It's every time you, you get to that peak, 
you look from that peak and you say, oh, but there are some other higher, there is a higher peak over there. So I want to climb there, <laughs> right? At the first time I spoke to a group, it was for, you know, as a trainer, I would speak to 20, 100, and I want more, and then I want more, and then I want to have a book, you know? So it's every time, rather than celebrating something that I achieved, I right away jump to the other thing. So part of it is, yes, we see all that stuff on social media and, and it's so, you know, everywhere you look, you can see successes, right? All successes stories. And that's why it's so important to me. My blog, I call it the messy blog. And I love that you have that book about messiness because there is so much conversation about success, but we don't really tell the story of how many things happen along the way that are not success and how many challenges and obstacles in different ways we have that bring us to become the person that, that, you know, the person we become, the person we will, we want to be. And I say, it's not even want to be that we can be because sometimes you want and you cannot be that person. And that's okay too, to understand that. So I would the the person that you can be and thrive to be for, for to, to lead yourself and others so it, it's a work for life and that willingness to understand that it will be a work for life, that mm. creating that awareness. So there are some things that you can do with learning how you change the vocabulary with yourself and then doing the work again and again and again and again. And I believe that the biggest work is that you learn to identify how you look when you are not at your best and every time bring yourself back. And sometimes also to surrender. And I think for me, the surrender part was when we encountered a few years ago a health situation with my daughter. And I tried as a control freak to control the health situation. And I remember having a conversation with her and saying to her, you know, you you need to surrender in some areas. And she looked at me. <laughs> we both have these big blue eyes and she looked at me and she said you know what mom I will surrender if you're willing to surrender too and stop controlling everything I have mm-hmm. with the health she was 14 now she's 16 so it was a few years ago wow that was a huge moment for me and I said you know what you called on me I agree. I am trying to control everything and I'm willing to surrender. But you see, she, she put that mirror and she was that dear effect, right? She was that dear bumping into me and saying, mom, you're trying to control my health and you're getting in my way. And I had to learn to put to take a step back. So that's why I'm saying all those situ- crappy situations in our life um, we can choose what we take from them and how we learn from them and how we grow from them. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's kind of eye-opening when, when your child hits <laughs> you upside <laughs> your, the head, right? <laughs> yeah, she's my teacher. She's my teacher in this life for sure. She's oh. teaching me a lot. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What's the name of your book? My, the name of the book is Beyond. So I'm playing with the word, you know, the, the B, mm-hmm. Beyond Leadership from Awareness to mm. Awareness. Yeah. Wow. I got to write that down. Beyond Leadership from Awareness to Awareness. Mm. 
You got to pick that up. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Like that. Okay. We're going to go into our questions because I know we can just chat just <laughs> infinitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so are you ready? I think I am. Well, at least I'm open. <laughs> or maybe I surrender to whatever's <laughs> going to show up. <laughs> That's right. Just surrender. Just surrender. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Question one. Who or what motivates you? My kids. Can I say that? My mm-hmm. kids. I such three different personas and I learned so much from them. And I have to say my husband because he, he always belie- he always believed and believed in me when I can't believe in myself. So yeah. Mm. <laughs> Going back to the family. Yes. <laughs> yes. What demotivates you? Hmm. When I know I mm up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I realized I, I when I get messy, you know, uh, th- those are the moments when I'm demotivated and I kind of like sit with that uh, autopilot tendency of what didn't work. So that's demotivates me until I realize I am going back there and I need to move back. Mm. So it's a moment when I knew I screwed up. Okay. When was a time? That something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good. I don't know. Probably some of something my kids say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it probably has to be my kids saying something about me not being a good mother and me taking a moment to breathe in and then realizing they are teenagers. So I can't, I, I can't put a finger. I, I, I really eliminate the people who are toxic in my life. I'm very good at it. So I don't have toxic, toxicity being in my life. So I, I don't know how to answer this question. I'm sorry. Beyond that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is your fear? My fear today is health. Mm-hmm. You know, re- when you realize um, how much when you see one of your loved ones is um, being impacted by health, I believe that's my biggest fear. Seeing someone that I love, not even myself, when I see someone I love in a really health, hard situ- health situation, that, that touches me in a different way now. I didn't understand that. Mm. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Hmm. No. Oh? No. Okay. No. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like scanning my life and the only thing, no, no, no. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> how about this? Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? There, there, um, sometimes I say yes to things because they are easy for me. You know, someone comes and say, it's a complicated project. Can you help us? Because you know how to figure it out. 
and I say yes to fast. So there are a few projects where people reached out to me and asked me to do, and I said yes, but now I know I have that tendency. So I'm really staying away from that. But uh, one of them was a project with a, an organization I volunteered with. And since then, I'm not saying yes anymore to things that are complicated for others <laughs> and distract me. So I, I go with the idea of essentialism. And that's what essential for my path. Um, if it's not essential, it's just to please other people. No, not anymore. Mm. What is your definition of success? Great question. So it changed a lot. Years ago, it was about being that, you know, executive CEO. That was my dream. Today, it's really about internal peace. Mm -hmm. I think I was so restless for so many years, needing to show myself that I can succeed again. Mm -hmm. And for me, that success was money and title. Mm -hmm. And the first time I learned that um, I can be a leader without money, which was in a uh, volunteering organization, I was their president, and people followed me from passion. That's where I learned that there is a deep, deep, you know, deeper seed to how you lead people, where where it's not for money, and that my my vision of what success is different. And for me right now is if I feel that restlessness, so that's not success. I have to feel that internal peace. And I think that's where I mentioned, you know, health for me right now, seeing everyone around me healthy and just sitting and not feeling that it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. So if, if I don't have that in me anymore, that's for me success. Mm. How do you recharge? Running. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, I am a mother. I'm a coach. I'm a speaker. I do a lot of stuff with other people. I give a lot to other people. I volunteer. So there is a lot of giving in my day. I am a giver. Um, so when we moved from New York City to North Carolina, there is suddenly from walking a lot, a lot of driving and something was missing for me. And, and one day I walked and I felt as my body just wants to run and I let it run. And since then I run 5Ks, not like two, three miles, not like long, long distance, but it taught me about my um, mental blocks and how my mental blocks with running impact my business and my life. And it, so in, in one level, it helps me work on my mental blocks, but it's also a time when I just run outdoors in nature. Everything is green and beautiful and I'm present. And as an ideator, it's time for me to just connect ideas and make sense of them and it's just that moment of nurturing myself and feeling free because freedom is definitely a, a, a huge value for me. It's one of my core values. So that's when I feel free and that's where I feel that I nurture myself and it makes me happy. I'm just playful and happy when I run. 
And I realized that I hated running until I was in my <laughs> late 30s. So it's really funny. Oh, what are you awesome at? <laughs> I think, you know, my family laughs and says that everywhere I go, I can have a conversation with a person, with a stranger. So I think I'm really good at just like, connecting with people and being curious about them and enjoying a conversation. So I, I think that's one of the things I'm good at. What legacy do you want to leave? Hmm. Um, it, it's, it's about different. And, you know, this weekend, um, a lot of stuff is happening in the U S um, for me. <laughs> It's about, I say, rather than looking on the differences, looking for the differences, look at people and situations differently. I didn't understand that until I went through my relocation experience. Living in Israel, it's a melted, you know, melting, melting pot, just like in the U.S. People come from different cultures, but... I never had to think about, I was not different. I was kind of like Israeli, mm -hmm. um, born in Israel, speaking Hebrew, didn't have any, ch you know, big challenges. Um, and after the move, every time I opened my mouth, people know that I am different. I might not look different, but I am different. And I learned what does it mean to be different and I learned how much harder you need to work to get what you want because you're different and it became a huge value for me and a huge way of how how I invite a conversation and how I walk my talk when I was a, the president of the board I made sure that there are different voices and different people when I create a mastermind group for executives or business owners there are different cultures and different, you know, everything to teach us to be open to the different. I read a lot about accent. Do you know that when people hear accent, they believe that the person is um, less to be less trustworthy just because they have an accent? We do that in our brain because that's the fight or flight when our brain sees something different right away it reacts to that, that ancient brain that, you know, identify a lion in the savanna mm -hmm. and tells us to be, you know, be careful. So the same things happen every time we see different. There was a research. People had to get into a networking room and they, they were being asked before they stepped into the room, what is your goal? And what do you think people said? <laughs> I don't know. What did they say? They said to meet new people, <laughs> but they track them. They, everyone has a, had a bracelet on their, on their arm. And when they got inside, the first thing people do, and we do the same, they scanned the room mm -hmm. to see if there is someone they know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And we go to that person that we know. And then that person introduces us to another person. And that's how we get to know the people we don't know. So I want to invite people to train their brain to get used to the different. 
And that's how I raise my kids. And I'm so glad to see that they are open to be with different people um, and, you know, different friends and bring different kids from different cultures uh, into our house. And it's very important to me. So one of the main things I would love to leave as a legacy is that work that I do, if it's on stage or if it's in, in my book or if it's in with my clients or if it's with my kids and later on, you know, with the expanded family, I hope is don't look for the different. Just look at things from a different perspective. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with the other person, but be open to be curious and, and understand where they come from. It's different. Rather than labeling that what they say is different, just open to listen. That's it. Start there. Yes. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. Wasn't that enough? That's what I was going to say. That, <laughs> that, that was it. We can, we can say that that was it. <laughs> um, you know, some people tell me, you know, when I listen to you and your story, I tell myself, if she was able to do it with her second language, I can do it with my first. So I hope my all the other stories that you hear from other people on this podcast will just inspire you to, um, to say, yeah, I can do that. Maybe I just need to look at it differently and not try to do what I, you know, try new things uh, and see if they will work better to you, for you. And it's also okay to ask for help. Tell the listeners where they can connect with you, Noah. So probably best is on my website, Noah, no H there. So it's N-O-A-R-O-N-E-N, R-O-N-E-N, coaching, NoahRonanCoaching.com. And all social medias, um, I'm very, I, I'm more kind of like active on Instagram and LinkedIn, a lot on LinkedIn. Uh, so that's Noah, N-O-A-R. Coach Noah, our coach on all social media, would love just to have a conversation with you. Nothing, just just let's have a talk. That's it. Get to know each other. Wow, I really, I really enjoyed <laughs> speaking with you. I Same. I could go on. I mean, I could see us having like coffee and tea together and <laughs> talking. <laughs> yeah, a coffee. I, I'm a coffee lover. So see, I'm a tea. Sure. Yeah, I'm a tea lover. So we we'll, we would have to get two separate things. But that's fine, right? We talked about different. We can love different. Exactly. <laughs> still enjoy the conversation. So <laughs> Exactly. But I really thank you for taking time out of your day to be with me. Um, you have been so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you bringing the stories into people's life. Thank you for doing that. And it was a wonderful conversation. I appreciate bringing me to your podcast. Okay. If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.